0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are here in glorious, and wonderful Payne County, Oklahoma, Stillwater, America. I'm Red. Father Brian O'Brien, yeah. pastor of St. Francis Xavier yeah. Catholic Church. I'm here with uh, who? someone who is about to get very busy, and he is Father Kerry Wakulich, and he's the pastor of a bunch of college students Yes,
1: sir. who just came back to town. Yes, they're coming back in truckloads There's and tra- truckloads. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of traffic, and it's going on move-in day. A lot of boxes. A lot of people bringing junk. There is that they've they've calculated the space. A lot of small
0: refrigerators.
1: Yes, of a room, and then they doubled that of the stuff they brought with them.
0: Yeah, I grew up in a house, and now I'm going to bring everything from that house to this very small room that I'm sharing with two other people. <laughs> I'm yes. sure. I'm sure it'll work. It'll all. If fit. not, we'll just get a storage unit. <laughs> I'll just put it in my friend's room, who's rooming <laughs> with four people in a smaller room than mine. Uh, but anyway, school. Uh, so this this airs uh, on us on, on Sunday. So if you're not familiar with our show, it's a radio show. First and foremost, it's pre-recorded, and it it airs on Sunday mornings at 9:30 on Pete 94.3 and AM 780 here in Stillwater. And then it appears magically to your phone, computer, or electronic device on Monday mornings as a podcast.
1: Spotify,
0: Google, anything. Uh, Podbean. Or our website. Or we have a website. Yes. Yes. Uh, Our website is uh, pastorsofpain.com. That's it now i'll I'll tell you this is uh it, it, we, father Kerry and I don't have really have anything to do with it. we have this awesome dude that just yeah uh, so this this awesome yes awesome guy fan. is 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 putting it together for us, and you can go there and kind of find all the archives of all the episodes and um but anyway, if you see like a typo on there or something, you know. It's Tell him. <laughs> we didn't we didn't make it. But we we've authorized it and think it's great. If I've are,
1: misspelled my name,
0: yeah. it wasn't me. Just kidding. Just kidding. If this he spells it. his name C A R R I E <laughs> like girls do. <laughs> Thanks. Or if uh you spell my name B R Y A N like heretics do, then Or brain. Yeah, or brain. <laughs> You know, was, when I was a kid, my mom – some people don't know this. A lot of people don't know this. When I was little, my mom had a br- uh, brain operation, yeah. brain surgery. Uh-huh. And she had this T-shirt, and all it said on it was brain operation. <laughs> Somebody, like, got it for her when she was having her brain operation. Anyway, for my most of my, like, childhood when I was small and learning how to spell, I thought it said Brian operation. And I was so confused by this shirt. So wow. confused because I was like, why – What what do I have to do with an operation? And then I started thinking, well, maybe because she had the brain operation right after I was born. Uh So then I started thinking that her brain operation was somehow my fault. No. And then, and my self-esteem has been in the tank ever since. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way it goes. Come Um, on. Let me
1: pull you up. Let me pull you up. We
0: want to say welcome back, especially to uh, the student body of Oklahoma State University. Uh, and
1: colleges throughout the
0: world, and who colleges are throughout and the country to this and awesome world. Show. But we mostly just care about <coughs> the students at Oklahoma State
1: University. How many students go to OSU? The speculation like... is there's around twenty three thousand. That's a lot. Now that number also hmm. includes Oklahoma City. Oh, it does. Tulsa, OSU Tulsa, OSU O-K-Mulgee, OKC, and oh. online. Okay, so those so,
0: people are not your responsibility.
1: So they're, you know, I think sometimes people fudge numbers <laughs> when they get to colleges because— We like to
0: make it bigger and sound grander yeah. and— I mean, so how many we got to figure that out. How many people on campus or, you know, around— Probably 20,000, 22,000. Okay, somewhere in there. that'll work. Wow.
1: No, about 20,000 on campus.
0: And we think maybe a couple thousand of them Yeah, about 2,000 of them are Catholic.
1: And then we already have- And all the,
0: others, all the others should be Catholic.
1: We have this lineup of people that want to become Catholic already.
0: Booyah. We uh-huh. have the same thing. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, and so, you know, football season is upon us. Lots of uh, really exciting things happening here in Stilwater. Sean Gleason's
1: doing a great job over there.
0: Uh, yeah, the new offensive coordinator. I'm going to go bless his house. Really? Next when? week. Can I go? Next week. <laughs> uh, I mean, you weren't really invited. Whoa. Uh, I can ask him.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll <let> oh,
0: <laughs> huh. well, Carrie's just trying to get in on all the cool stuff.
1: I just, I just, I like other people. There's going to be dinner too. What?
0: I think Italian food, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Hello. We'll see. We'll see.
1: I think I'll español con but his when, esposa.
0: Yeah. She was a Spanish teacher. Yeah. So, anyway, we're pretty excited. We're glad to be back. I mean, we, we've been here all along, we never leave. Uh, we're like God. We we are unchangeable. <laughs> uh, but the students are back. Stillwater is back at its um, fever pitch hype. Uh, but Father Carey, despite all that good news, there was some bad news recently. Bad news. Bad news. Tell me more. So, tell
1: me more. There
0: was a a survey came out. We're gonna we're gonna hit this pretty hard. Uh, oh, is this what
1: we're gonna do for the next couple
0: of weeks? I think so. I think we should.
1: We talked this so over.
0: A survey a survey came out uh, from uh, the Pew Research P-E-W? Pew, PEW Pew You can find it at Pewresearch.org slash oh, I won't give you all that. <laughs> um but anyway, it was a study. They did a study. Uh, they asked Catholics of and Catholics of varying stripes. So cat they did they differentiated between Catholics who go to mass every week. Catholics who okay. go to mass even more often than that Catholics who d- who rarely go to mass and they asked them about their belief in the Eucharist okay the results were not good startling and, and so it's not I, I mean not startling in that I think you you and I hear this on a regular basis uh, I mean you hear from people who are I ah, no I don't really I don't really believe that okay
1: or, so let me let me let me get this so is it all lumped into the same clump? So, if somebody who doesn't go to uh, church or was baptized Catholic and that was it, and they still call themselves Catholic, or even on one occasion, a guy said he was Catholic, but it wasn't even baptized, didn't even go to mass, just oh. he said he was Catholic. Wow. And then the the basically the daily mass goers are they all lumped into one big like? So yes and no. Pool? Yes
0: in in the in the sort of the large numbers. Okay. Um, but then it then they dif- they differentiate. So basically, the stats uh, are—I'll just read Uh, this—a new Pew Research Center survey finds that most self-described Catholics do not believe the core teaching of the Eucharist. In fact, nearly 7 in 10 Catholics, 69 percent—I'm just reading this directly—say they personally believe that during the Catholic Mass, the bread and wine used in communion are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ— just one third of U.S. Catholics, thirty-one percent, say they believe that during Mass, the bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus.
1: That's startling. So, based on that, what the heck? Well, okay. So we could we could get demoralized, and then I'm like, demoralized. Oh well, I'm really not. I mean, okay. Hey, brain operation
0: yeah no, I'm, I'm going
1: I'm to boost yourself. I I'm,
0: I'm a hopeful person generally
1: What's beautiful also about this on the, on, I think maybe on the flip side of it is that we now get the opportunity to share the beauty of the Eucharist with people and, and like what we've learned over a lifetime because I, I think I think if you had asked me when I was 18 years old or 22 years old, is this I would have probably used the word symbol. I don't know if I would because of my faith yep. formation yep. education, yep. I don't know if I would use the words transubstantiation or body, blood, soul, and divinity, like the language I have now, like the vocabulary. So or the, the, stu- the
0: Eucharist is the source and, and the summit of the Christian yeah, life. I yeah, I
1: would have never known Yeah, I was that. in
0: college when I first heard that.
1: So we, we now have the opportunity with all these listeners, billions of them, who are even aliens on the outsides <laughs> of the galaxies who are receiving our message right now, they get to hear about why we have given our lives to the church to bring people Holy Communion. Because you you didn't, like, when you were teaching at Bishop Kelly, you didn't be like, well, I'm going to give up teaching to be a person who gives out bread and wine every day at Mass. I didn't leave a lucrative job as a satellite engineer to be like, hey. Lucrative in uh, scare quotes. <laughs> Air okay. quotes. Uh, you know, working working as a satellite engineer to be like, okay, you know, every Sunday I'm going to give out bread and wine. No. I just used your voice. No. I mean, we wanted to become priests so that we could give the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ to the good people of God yeah. to help them become yep. saints. Yep. Food for the journey.
0: Yeah. So we need. So yeah. So let's let's just break let's break it down. So those those are the stats, um, and and you can you can look all that up. Uh, and, and if you if you're a stat person, all you uh, you know, professor types out there mm-hmm. who want to know all the ins and outs of the stats, you can look it up on on the pewresearch.org. Um, but I think maybe just let's give people a basic understanding. So anyone who's listening, Catholic, non Catholic, whoever you are. A basic rundown of what we believe as Catholics. So let me start. This is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church.
1: In the words of the greatest uh, R and B guy of the '80s, break it down for me, fellas.
0: And it's this. Uh, this is paragraph thirteen twenty three of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, our definitive teaching here. At the Last Supper, on the night before, on the night He was betrayed, our Savior instituted the Eucharistic sacrifice of his body and blood. This he did in order to perpetuate the sacrifice of the cross throughout the ages until he should come again. And so to entrust to his beloved spouse, the church, a memorial of his death and resurrection, a sacrament of love, a sign of unity, a bond of charity, a Paschal banquet in which Christ is consumed the mind is filled with grace, and a pledge of future glory is given to us. What number is that again? Uh, paragraph 1323.
1: That's got a lot of stuff in it. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there because it, at the heart of it it, 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 it sounds like it points all the way back to the Old Testament. Who is that book, that, like the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist? Who is that Yeah,
0: book? so we've talked about that before. Dr. Brant Petrie, uh, P-I-T-R-E. You can get it on Amazon or at your uh, Catholic bookstore near you. And he, he walks through beautifully that the Eucharist—I mean, while we would say, in one sense, that the Eucharist began at the Last Supper, that on the night before he was betrayed, yeah. Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he said to his disciples, take this—you hear this every time you go to Mass—take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. And in the same way with the with mm-hmm. the with the wine. This is my blood poured out for you. Uh, so in, in that way the Eucharist started then. We w- we would say that, that that the that the Last Supper it was the first Mass. Correct. Jesus, the high priest, surrounded by his priests, his bishops, celebrating the Mass for the first time. And then it began and then it, it and then it was it was done. When he said when Jesus said, Do this in memory of me the apostles took that very seriously as they should have but even before that he's already setting us up and so I mean you look at for example John chapter 6
1: oh should we get to that should we well, I'll should, just we I'll, do just, point, okay, I'll okay. just do a
0: quick a quick so John chapter 6 when Jesus says unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you do not have life within you hmm okay yeah he's so, already set that so up so he's already setting that up but even before that i think oh. what you're saying that even before that there is all over the Old Testament, we have examples of God feeding His people. What comes What comes
1: to mind? Well, we, we, why does He want to feed His people? Well, yeah, because we don't. If we don't eat, we don't. If we don't eat, we die. <laughs> right. He's created us in His image and after His own likeness. Genesis says, He's created a man and woman in the divine image,
0: male, male and female, female. He
1: created them. Yep. So, so He wants us to share in His own blessed life. He's giving us His divine life. And now he wants to, like, feed us.
0: He wants to—I think you told me the other day, Use the word he wants to divinize us. Oh, yeah. That God wants us to be
1: like him. Correct. Not in the, his creative powers or his omnipotence. Right. But, but in his, in his in, image and likeness. Yep. And so we have these moments. I think even, like, in Genesis, we see that, where God wants us to be like him. And even even what's beautiful— even in the fall, he wants us back. Like he like bri- So the
0: fall is like the sin, the sin of Adam and Eve. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? Like he goes and he looks for Adam and he says, Where are you? He goes and looks for them and he wants them back. And as even they're like moving away from God is it's interesting that it says they head east. <laughs> they go east. Oh, yeah. That like God is following his people. He he wants to be with them. And, and so you actually, in that line, what was the catechism uh, reference? Uh, the, the, the Paschal Banquet? Uh, yeah. So when we when we hear that, like the Paschal Banquet. Yeah, banquet, you go, you go to a banquet to eat. Right. So you go to the Paschal Banquet, which is the Passover, which is in Egypt. And, and so what do they do? What is the Passover? The Passover is freedom from slavery, freedom from Egypt, freedom from death. Yep. For what? For the promised land, where they're going to be taken to, yeah. so th- the Passover is not just like a moment where they're just going to sit around and roast a lamb and eat it. No, they're going to they're going to t- take this for a purpose. They're going to have their what is it? What did it say last weekend in St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews? They're going to have their loins girded Ooh. and be like people ready for action. They're going to be ready to go. That's when why God we used them.
0: unleavened bread. At it, mass. We don't. There is no. There's no time. To allow
1: the bread to rise. To rise. <laughs> we gotta go now. Yes, yes. So we have this event at the Passover yeah. Ooh. where they, they eat they roast the lamb, they eat it. But you don't just roast it and look at it. You literally like That's you know, nice paint the blood lamb. on the doorposts, then you roast it, and then you eat it as people in flight. And so the Passover is this family freedom from slavery, freedom from oppression by eating the lamb. They, they leave, which interestingly, in, um, in Egypt, all of the plagues were targeting all the gods of Egypt, and the lamb was something to be eaten. And what do we say in the Mass? Lamb of
0: God, you yeah. take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on yeah, us.
1: Yeah, exactly. So this is the lamb of God. And then once they get out in the desert, they go. They, he like feeds them. But remember, it's not just looking at it, at the lamb. you got to eat the lamb. As they go out in the desert, uh, on that journey to the Promised Land, then what does God do? They get through the they get through the Red Sea. They begin to complain. He feeds them with manna, which means from heaven. Which means in Hebrew, what is this? Yeah, they come down, boom, and they get enough food throughout the day, and then on right before the Sabbath, they get a double portion. Of these flakes of bread that have come down, and they begin to eat them.
0: So we say in the mass. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get the line exactly right, but during in Eucharistic prayer too, the short it's the short one. We use it a lot at daily mass. Um, we ask the Holy Spirit to come upon the gifts of bread and wine, like the dew fall.
1: Oh. I have never boom. Yeah. yeah. I've never thought about that. So that's
0: that. the the man when the manna comes to the to the Israelites as they're <laughs> as they're hungry, it's 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 like dew, like dew on the grass. Wow. Like the dew fall. Whoa. hmm. Awesome. Okay, Father Carrie's gonna take a moment. Uh so and then so we talk about like the bread come down from heaven. Same thing. You go ahead to, to John chapter six and what does Jesus say? This is the bread that came down from heaven.
1: Oh yeah, you know
0: so I mean all of this sort of Old Testament New Testament, all of this united. But then we also have so we have the Israelites being fed with this bread from heaven. But we also have in the Old Testament we have like the high priest Melchizedek mm. um, and his offerings of what? Oh bread and man. wine. Oh, bread and wine. yeah. Bread and wine. Uh, and so we find that uh, that's gen- Genesis 14 um, the op- and we say it in the Eucharistic prayer one, which is kind of that if you're f- if you're familiar with the mass, the long one, with all the names in it, is Eucharistic Prayer 1. Uh-huh. The most ancient right. of, the, of the Eucharistic prayers. And it talks about um, the high priest, uh,
1: your high priest Melchizedek. And St. Paul will pick that up in his letter to the Hebrews yes. when he says, Jesus is the priest of Melchizedek of old. Yep. So all of, it's, it's, all of those are pointing back. Yep. Uh, what, what about like um, David going eating the bread of presents? Ooh, tell us about that. Uh, you know, it, what was it when David is fleeing from Saul? And he's given, uh, he's, he's being chased and he has no food. And so what does he do? He goes to where? He goes to uh, the bread of presence. And the, uh, the priest in the temple asks him, Have your men been celibate? And he says, We are out on campaign. Yes, we are celibate. And so then they eat the, pre- the bread that only the priests are allowed to eat.
0: Which there's tells you some, going, there's a lot going on there's here. a lot going
1: on there but it, it's what what is what is the, the the bread of presence it's the remembrance of God it's in there mm-hmm. in the tabernacle uh, it's on display the show bread all and right that, so this is the let
0: me read the this is the Catechism again 1334 uh, just sort of summarizing all of this in the Old Covenant bread and wine were offered in sacrifice among the first fruits of the earth as a sign of grateful acknowledgement to the Creator. Okay. But they also received a new significance in the context of the Exodus. That's what you were just saying. The unleavened bread that Israel eats every year at Passover commemorates the haste of the departure that liberated them from Egypt. The remembrance of the manna in the desert will always recall to Israel that it lives by the bread of the Word of God. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's Deuteronomy 8. Their daily bread, we say in the Our Father, give us this day, our daily bread that their daily bread is the fruit of the promised land the pledge of god's faithfulness to his promises the cup of blessing 1 corinthians chapter 10 at the end of the jewish passover meal adds to the festive joy of wine an eschatological dimension eschatology is the end. at the end so the end times the messianic expectation of the rebuilding of jerusalem when jesus instituted the eucharist he gave a new and definitive meaning to the blessing of the bread and the cup. Wow. So Jesus took it to another level. And not not temporarily. He took the bread and wine and all of those images that we know from the Old Testament, Melchizedek, Exodus, David and the and the, the showbread. He takes all of that right. and the catechism says he gives it a new and definitive meaning. And that is himself. Right, and wow. so if you're if you're into the scriptures, which I hope you are, uh, <laughs> if you're a, a a person of the of the book, a person of the Bible, whoever you are, um, this is worth your examining, um, looking at all of those Old Testament references, and and seeing how they really are leading us to something greater, and that is Jesus Christ and the institution. Of the Eucharist,
1: there's something greater than Solomon here. Ooh, Hmm. I want to go back to the Passover. You just you just said a couple things, and just kind of I got got that was paragraph
0: 1334 of the Catechism.
1: What was the first par? uh, The first one. The other one was uh, 1323. Just to bring the two of them together, there's this like two things that are going on in there. One is that the uh, the Passover in Judaism. If you were to celebrate it today, like this year at the Passover, the Jewish understanding of the Passover is that you're not in Stillwater, or you're not in London, or you're not in Tel Aviv, or you're not in, I don't know. Johannesburg. Johannesburg. You're not in those places. That when you celebrate the Passover, you're actually in Egypt. Because it's a liberation event. That the Jewish understanding of that liturgy of the Passover is that it encompasses all time. Like when I celebrate the Passover in my house, I am not you know in Stillwater, I'm in Egypt. That's why I have to like prepare myself and look like that as I'm sitting at the Passover with my family. And so you you made a, a reference in there about Jesus doing the same thing that the Mass and the Last Supper is the Passover. And so when we celebrate it. We're not, and still water. we're transported. We're yeah, like all of space and all of time, because it says a perpetual memorial, like for all times and all spaces. So that when we celebrate Mass, it's the Passover of thirty-three A.D. We're in Jerusalem. We're in the upper yeah, room. Yeah, we're taken back to, to Calvary, and yeah, we're t- we're those three things. We're taken back to those three things. One, we're taken back to the Last Supper. Yep. Which the last supper, you ever read Scott Hahn's uh, fourth cup? Yes. You got if you if you want to learn lots of stuff about the Eucharist uh, and the Passover, read the fourth cup because he goes through all of the Jewish Passover ceremony and shows that the Passover that Jesus performs is not done until the cross when he sings the song and drinks the final cup. That's the fourth cup. And the fourth cup is missing because at the Passover Jesus's Passover on Holy Thursday it says like and they sang the psalm and then they left like they, like, they wait a minute yeah they, they we're, didn't, not, we're they didn't, not done guys we're not done so the, uh, there's pieces that are seem to be missing but when you put them all together as Scott Hahn did in that fourth cup, he shows that the psalm and the cup, or at the cross, uh, the the Psalm my God, Psalm, psalm twenty two, yeah, of a guy who has great hope and God, faith that God, God will God, rescue. Why him. Why
0: have you forsaken me? That wasn't just Jesus, like, you know, pulling stuff out of the air. He's quoting. He's quoting the Psalms. He's quoting his his Jewish roots there right. on
1: the cross. So when when we go to 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 Mass and Mass is celebrated, it's Holy Thursday. It's Good Friday, his death upon the cross, and it's also the resurrection, because that's what the the host is is the resurrected body, blood, soul, and divinity, and also mm-hmm. crucified uh, Jesus Christ, and that's what the Passover is. It's not just a one and done event, and it's like okay, well, next time we have the Passover, it's a uh, it's Stillwater, Oklahoma, or it's Tulsa, or it's Saskatchewan. You know, it's like me; I'm not celebrating my own little event. When the mass is celebrated, it's a participation in thirty-three. AD. In a one, yeah, in a
0: one-time event that is perpetuated through
1: the holy sacrifice of the mass. Yeah, like somebody told me, they said, "Why do you re-crucify Jesus at every mass?" Oh, come and on. well, well, it, it actually he got he got the theology right that the the mass is a sacrifice. He got that right, and then when I just gave him the instruction on, well, it's the Passover. And the Passover is one event. So the cross, Holy Thursday, and Jesus' resurrection appear in the church. Like, heaven yep. comes down to us and we go up to them. Yep. Boom, it comes together as one yep. event. So
0: Catechism 1362, the Eucharist is the memorial of Christ's Passover, the making present— mm-hmm. Make, That's the word, making present. —and the sacramental offering of his unique sacrifice— unique being one time, in the liturgy of the church, which is his body. In all the Eucharistic prayers, we find, after the words of institution, a prayer called the anamnesis, or memorial, where we are, we are remembering. We're both there and also remembering uh, what happened on the night that he died.
1: Mm.
0: Yes. The day, on the night before he died, I should say. So it's not—so this is the catechism again, 1363. It's not merely a recollection of past events, but the proclamation of the mighty works wrought by God for men. So it's a—it it's, happened once, and we're making it present again. So to come back to this this survey, my guess is, if you're listening to this right now, and even those of you who are lifelong Catholics, a lot of what you have heard you what just now from us, you have never— Heard before,
1: I would agree, with and that. that's
0: a problem. That's a problem, and so we can we can you know maybe we do a whole show on like who's to blame, um, but <laughs> but I, I think there's multiple and <laughs> let maybe blame? let's talk about it right now. I mean there, I think there's multiple points. I mean I think there's been there's been poor catechesis check in the church. There's been bad preaching check check. <laughs> uh, there has been um, bad, and I say this like bad. I say bad parenting. But because ultimately, par- parents are the primary educators of their children. Correct. And so it's par- parents' first first responsibility. But but also the, a lot of times those parents have not been well formed themselves. Um, so those those are all factors digging into this this situation. It, um, but I also right. think it's on individual people. So when when somebody, I, I think for when Catholics just simply say, "Well, nobody taught me that." Okay. I get that, and and I think there is some there is some blame to be on on guys like you and me, yep. on catechists and mm-hmm. teachers and parents, but then there's also a point at which a person becomes an adult, <laughs> and yeah. and you take responsibility, and you realize okay, I, if I am a Catholic, if I call myself a Catholic, do I know what that means? And there are. No doubt, I mean, you mentioned, we've given you several resources. There are plenty of opportunities for you to go and just read your butt off and lis- listen to talks, listen, to, listen to, to YouTube videos, read, learn. And so t- to say the, the priests and, and teachers are all to blame. If you're an adult, you're also to blame. Ooh. And so get with it and learn about the Eucharist. Boom, 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 and stop answering these surveys like we don't know what we're talking about. Yes. All right, that's all we got. But, <laughs> but we're gonna do. We're gonna pick this up. We're gonna. We're not. We're not stomping because people got to know. Amen, bro. Uh And so we're gonna pick this up uh, in our next episode. You can tune in. Uh, but otherwise, we uh, welcome you back to Stillwater students, especially glad you're here and uh, pass the word on about the podcast.
1: Blessings upon you. Peace.